I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so um, I'm I'm Rosie. I've been I've been doing communities for probably about 15 years now. Uh, originally starting out doing meetups just locally in Brighton in the UK in my hometown, and then I moved on to I was a tester at the time, so I created a, a community for software testers, and um, I. I I did that. That was kind of like a side gig kind of thing. And I did that for like three years as a fun kind of side gig, making a bit of money here and there, but nothing really significant. But then I kind of decided to turn that into business. And that um, we call it, called it Ministry of Testing. And um, I, I basically ended up working on that for about 10 years. And I built it into like a global community for software testers. We did uh, conferences um, worldwide, and we did a lot of stuff online as well. So that was Indie Hacked, I guess I, I would call it now, or you know, bootstrapped, you know, whatever, whatever way you want to call it. But um, and I, I still own it. I still own or co-own own the company, but I stepped back from that uh, two and a half years ago now. Um, I got other people running it, and I ended up doing or leading the community for Indie Hackers. So that, that was fun um, and, you know, interesting and, you know, trying to, you know, figure out what to do with Indie Hackers and how to grow it and, and manage it. You know, it's, you know, for me, like, I appreciated the experience of uh, trying to uh, grow a different kind of community. I think it had a lot of similarities, but, you know, just having that opportunity to dive into a completely different um, group of people, uh, it, you know, for me, it was just you know a really good experience to to dive in and, and do that and meet meet new people, make new friends, uh, like we, we have today. Um, so yeah, and then more recently, I've um, well actually as I was doing um, indie hackers, I also started. I decided I kind of wanted to specialize in community building, so I started Rosie Land, which was a way for me to kind of write about community building. And that started off as, as like a newsletter, and then um, and then I turned it, turned it into a paid newsletter, and then now I'm turning it more into into a community for community builders. And then yeah, more recently I I've joined the team at Orbit, and they they kind of create uh, software for community builders, and I've been there a couple of months. So it's, they're a startup. They're more like a funded startup. So it's like a completely different, different ball game, I guess. But you know, definitely very interesting and, and very much aligns with with my interest of going deep, as I would say, into into the world of communities. So that's my intro. <laughs> deep community experience, experience and broad as well. You've covered a lot yeah. of ground. How is the balance of your time now? Where how are you splitting it between the Rosie Land orbit? And anything else you're working on? Yeah, um, it's, it's tough. <laughs> I think I think it's always going to be tough if you, you know, it was tough when I was at Indie Hackers as well. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, so I'm I'm permanently employed. When when I joined Orbit, um, part of the um, deal that I made was to ensure that I could have side gigs as as. Mm. You know, I, I had to make sure that was like part of the like uh, employment contract. Um, so, 
I'm, I'm very much definitely still working on Rosie Land as, as as a side project, and you know it's it's interesting because it overlaps a lot. Like Orbit do a lot of community stuff, and I do a lot of community stuff. So um, now I write two newsletters a week about community, which is which is interesting um, and and challenging, I guess, at the same time. Um, but yeah, how do I balance it? I don't know. I just I just make it work basically. I, I squeeze I, I squeeze time. Indie in. hacker way. Yeah, yeah, wherever um, I can. So for people that are thinking about starting a community, what's a good reason to start a community, and why shouldn't you do it? Yeah, um, why shouldn't you do it? You sh yeah, I'll start with that. You shouldn't do it for money. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not saying you don't earn money, but like having money as like the primary motivators is probably the wrong idea. Um, and I think also you shouldn't do it if if you can't see yourself doing it for five to ten years. So like, um, like one one of the main reasons I stepped back from Ministry of Testing was because I I got bored and I got bored like midway through I left, you know, like kind of like halfway through the journey. I knew I was bored and I was getting bored. And so I had to, it, it wasn't easy to just step mm. away from that. So, um, and I, you know, I kind of knew it from the early days that yes, I enjoyed testing and, you know, I was, you know, I had a lot of fun serving the community and doing good things for them. But I knew like from quite early on that it wasn't like really what, you know, I guess my life calling or anything like that. Mm. Um, but I, I kept on doing it because, you know, at the same time, I guess you know that was going back to 2007. There weren't as many opportunities going around, at least for me. So you know, I just kind of stuck with it. Um, but I think what what I, what I took away from it is that I, I would never get involved with anything ever again that I'm not truly kind of uh, passionate about, or I can't see myself doing for for the next ten years, at least. So, um, like, when I made this decision to, like, do Rosyland and do more community stuff, it's like, when, when I commit to that, it, it's me trying believing that I can commit to that for, for, for 10 years, I think, at least. Um, Once you find something you care about, a community you want to be a part of for years to come, you want to grow it, how do you get anybody else to care? How do you get people to show up? I, I think, I think, for me, it's like, the, the natural act of you caring naturally pulls mm. people in. Yeah. So like if, if you care about something, you, you spend more time thinking about that thing than, than anyone else. Right. Um, you, you spend time like, thinking up new ideas or, or, or new ways of seeing things. And you're always like looking for, for opportunities. Uh, if you don't care about things, you, you don't, you don't, you know, you just don't naturally look for those kind of things. So by that natural act of caring, um, and kind of like the push to, you know, I guess trying to be creative with, with how you do things. I, th I think that naturally pulls people in when people can see that you're, you're actively doing things uh, with, with good intentions and, and you care about what you're doing and people will follow. Yeah, you might be possibly an apathetic SaaS founder, but I don't think it's possible to be an apathetic community <laughs> leader. It's just totally the opposite of what kind of energy you need to put into it. So yeah, I mean, yeah. what kind of, um, like ideas is kind of broad. What are some things you've seen really work to get a community engaged and get people coming in? Uh, yeah, good question. I think, 
I think especially when you're starting is the best thing is always to like keep things small um, mm -hmm. like I've been doing a lot, a lot of one-on-one uh, -on -one conversations and small group like maybe five people maximum 10 people in a meetup um, or things like icebreakers or, or gather round you know the, now that they're called gather round um, and I, I just think that it's it's so it's so easy to say yes start small and like when when I talk about starting small people like nod their head and like yeah of course start small that makes sense but then um, everyone I speak to is like they agree to, with that but they don't start small and they dream big like straight away um, and I, I think we we you know any community builder needs to just like I guess get over there or or commit to starting small and seeing the value in small and seeing the conversations that you're having with people or seeing the relationships that you're building up and mm -hmm. um, like when you when you have one-on-one -on -one conversations people open up massively in a way that they would never open up in in even a group of three right and um I, you know based on those kind of things i've with orbit especially um I've I've just been pushing for one-on-one -on -one conversations. I've opened up my Calendly. Um, I'm doing this community stuff, the audio conversations on Racket, um, and I'm just encouraging people to like reach out to me and and have conversations. And it's you know it's a bit slow, um, but it's it's deep and it's valuable. And 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 that also reflects like the orbit values. It's like we're not here to. Um, necessarily like grow super fast we, we, we want to do things well we want to you know think deeply about the things we're doing and we want to do the right things so you know it it aligns what is your focus when first of all what is small like how many people do you consider small and when you're in the small group still what is your focus what are you trying to develop in the small room before you start to grow um yeah. Really, I think when when you're starting small, you want to kind of like my my goal is to kind of be so such an expert or so knowledgeable about something mm -hmm. that I don't have to do any market research. So for me, it's like speaking to people is market research, but I don't do it with a market research hat on. I do it just like as as a genuine way to kind of get to know people. And I, th I, th I just think like if if you go into into these small things with that in mind, with a, with a kind of very much learning focus, then you can just learn so much, and 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 it kind of empowers you to to make decisions on how how to progress to the next stage. So you, you, because you've spent all that time learning about your people and having these conversations in a really kind of honest and human way, it then equips you and, and gives you the answers of what you need to do next, instead of like second guessing about like how you should be, build community, you wouldn't need to second guess because the, the conversations and the people would, would have kind of given you the answers. I'm gonna pop in Corey, who's got a, a question for you. And then um, Corey's also gonna be our, our second speaker later on. So, all right, Corey should be on. What you got? Uh, just wondering what some of your favorite examples are of, of uh, communities of 
um, groups that are doing something different, unique, interesting, that you find notable? Well, I, I like what um, Anna, Anna Gatt, is it Gatt? Um, Inter-Intellect is doing. Um, I haven't attended many of her things, but uh, I, I like her style, her vibe. Um, I, I like I like how she engages people. She, she, she basically does a lot of, um, for those that don't know, she does a lot of meetups, like very kind of, I guess, intellectual, deep, knowledgeable, uh, you know, it's like people come in to to talk about um, topics that that they care about, and they have like discussions about them. And um, I definitely like feel like when when often when I look at the list of events that she has coming up, I often feel like a bit like out of my depth a little bit. I, I wouldn't say stupid, but it's like definitely like oh my god, there's so many people in this world that are so so intelligent, and they talk about all these like amazing things. That I, that I would never understand. But the fact that she brings all these kind of different people together on all these different topics and people are, are like so open-minded to just come and, and, and discuss things and like exchange ideas, uh, it just feels like such a, a, a positive you know, thing to do in the world, is like to open people's mind to, to, to new things and to do it in that way, I think I think she's she's doing a great job. Hi guys. Hello. Well, hi Rose. Yeah, yeah. my name is Mitali. Uh, I'm alright. I'm in uh, Zambia, Lusaka. Um, I've been thinking of uh, uh, like uh, creating this scratches my own itch, and then sharing it also for others that may be going through stuff that I go through probably to like express the stresses that they go through. So, and then what usually hits me sometimes, like there are stuff that you want to, that are found in your head, your heart, but you can't go on social media and post them out. People will be like, what kind of stuff is this person posting here? But then, so I have this stuff that I constantly write, not necessarily like a diary, but something like uh, an, a, a website that I've created for myself. Then I just upload, it, I upload them, then I've been thinking, okay, I'm scratching my own niche. Probably there are others that may be going through the same issues and there are stress, there are issues that they probably don't want to discuss with anyone, but they can put them on this platform and then uh, maybe get help from others that are going through the same issue. I don't know what to think about that, Rose. Um, you know, I, I, I always say that I think most ideas can get off the ground if you, if you care enough about them, uh, if you're passionate enough about them. Um, and like when I did ministry testing, people, you know, often gave me weird looks and thinking, say, what is this? That will never work as a business kind of thing. Um, but you know, again, I think you also have to be realistic. It's like, you know, it's like an idea is an idea, right? It's like, yes, it could work, but, um, there's so many factors that make ideas, either business ideas or community community ideas work. Um, so, you know, I, I guess like, I like to cop out of these questions in, in, in a way of saying it's like, it almost doesn't matter what I think, it matters what you think and what the people that you want to connect with think and whether you can get people like participating or, or contributing. Uh, and and that's the hard like reality of community is like do, doing the hard work of 
of sharing things. Um, but I guess like, on top of that, I would say like like the world of COVID and stuff, I think people are dying to be heard, dying to like be connected um, more um, rather than in a mass way, in a more kind of one-to-one -one way. So everything I'm I'm doing with community is focused in on the on the small actions, because I think we're we're too overwhelmed with the, the you know information overload and just like everybody sharing everything and it, it just becomes too much to handle. Um, so yeah, I guess like I, I would bear I would bear that in mind with what, what, whatever you're building is like. Um, do you care enough about the idea? Do, do other people care enough? And where, where do you see it going? Is it an idea or like, is it, is it a real vision? And I think like, um, you, you don't have to have, have the answer straight away, but you should definitely be working to, towards kind of not just an idea, but a, a bigger vision. Ali. Well, hello, yeah. Anthony. Hello, Rosie. Thank you so much for the session. You've touched on some great points. That was really interesting to me, but one point in particular, I wanted to, you know, like, double down on it to, to ask more. The part where you spoke about the, that money shouldn't be the motivation. I completely agree to that. And I've been through this and I accidentally some sort of built my community and that wasn't the issue. The issue was something else is that the activity by actively engaging with the community and sharing what you know, and you know, like being generous, serving the community. I believe that this is a duty for everybody who is like, have a little bit of knowledge and expertise in the matter. But the problem with that is what if you have some other activity in your life that's pouring you money, like, like your work, for example, that's getting you money and you have to sacrifice the activity that brings you money, that pays you, your bills, that boosts the roof up your head and to serve the community. That, that was really a, a super great challenge to me. So how do you approach that? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean it's 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 a good question because especially like if you if you're pulled by your heart, you want to do things and you you get stuck in in places uh, where you have to make money, right? And um, I've been on various spectrums of money and lack of money, and definitely like when I was starting out the community uh, ministry of testing, I didn't have a lot of money and we actually had a lot of debt and we got ourselves into not not a great position. Um, but, uh, so like, I, I remember that and I, I remember that as, as, as a thing of, I never want to get into that position again. Um, and it meant, you know, making sacrifices in, in the way that I did the community on the side for years, literally for like four years. That's, that's what I did. Um, and I never knew whether it would actually bring me money, but I kind of, you know, I felt like it would. But I felt like if I focused in on the money, that either it wouldn't work or I would lose interest because that's that's my that's me and that's my character. Is that if I got too salesy and too businessy over it, um, I thought I'd lose interest. Um, so yeah, I mean it's 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 a tough one, always a tough one. I think like every indie hacker out there wants to wants to be full time. Um, I, I I definitely think there's compromises. I've 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 made compromises now. I've made changes to my life. So, like, I used to be a full-time indie hacker, and then I was at Indie Hackers for two years contracting. I was I was a contractor there, um, and like, it's really tough, like, managing the, the the community at Indie Hackers and not having a side project. 
so that's why I, I started the uh, Rosie Lion like as a side gig because you know I was, I was surrounded by people like uh, you know all everybody around me was like starting side gigs or, or businesses and I, I felt like I was the only one that wasn't obviously that wasn't true but that um, you know like now like my situation now is like I have a full-time job and a side gig um, and it doesn't make my life easy but um, it, you know, for me, it's, you know, the choices that, that I make is like, um, but I, I, I think, like, I, as a life goal for me, I've, for, for the past two or three years, I've kind of had this, this concept that I, I want to get to a stage that, oh, I want to be at a stage where I can choose what to work on, and that I can choose to quit anything that I'm working on without feeling guilty. And part of that I learned through from Ministry of Testing where, where I struggled to quit because it, you can't just like have a business that's making a bunch of money and and leave it, you know, without someone to run it. So, you know, I felt suffocated with that. So uh, when, when I left Ministry of Testing, I made a promise to myself that um, my, the best place that I can be is in the position where I can walk away from anything that I want to, if, you know, just for my own well-being, my own physical or mental health, I want to be in a position where I can just say, actually, this isn't working for me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. Um, and I guess you know that's kind of what I did at Indie Hackers. I I left because I felt like my time was up. No particularly bad reason, but you know, I thought I, like, I want to try something new. I'd been there two years. I felt like I wasn't really learning much. So I decided to leave. Uh, and I had nowhere to go to um, after that, but I just made that, that decision. And I guess like being able to get to that stage is, is pretty powerful as, as an indie hacker uh, or as, as a person um, to, to, to make those life choices because it, it just means that you can focus in on things that you really want to do rather than focusing on things that you, you have to do that you're stuck stuck doing that that was super helpful uh, i was super happy to hear you expanding on that topic and especially that you also touched another like great points that the guilt part because you said that you've lived the community for four years now and it's been going great i mean for me it's like for like six months now and i'm already feeling guilty like every day i'm i'm like oh i'm working but i'm not serving the community i should be serving the community and on the other hand if i'm serving the community and not doing the things that brings me more money i mean i'll be feeling like oh i should be doing the things that brings me money so it's 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 a great dilemma i can understand how tough it is and thank you for you know like sharing this same experience with me so that was super helpful to me thank you so much yeah i, I would add one more thing like yeah sure if you, if you have a community it's like and you want to like figure out how to make money from it like like the way that i tried to do it was not to like start charging for like to, not to take away something and start charging for that but just to always be adding value and then figuring out as as you get to, as you get to know the community better you're the best person there to make the decision about what to charge for not no one else um will be able to tell you that because you're the one who shows up every single day so you are therefore the the best person to um decide what what to what how to make money through the business but to do it in a way that you're adding something on top so 
like when I did Ministry of Testing, I decided to make money through events that like we had never done like in real life events. So I started doing events and that's how we ended up making most of our money. And people couldn't, couldn't complain because we hadn't done any of that before. Um, and, and, you know, being in real life events, you have to charge for it. So there weren't really any complaints about it. And I think when you do communities and you charge for stuff, it's quite easy to, to get scared about what people will think and whether they'll complain about you charging for things. Yeah, that was even more helpful. And it, it, it draws me into asking one more question. So if I can have a minute, I can ask this question, please. So you were speaking about the, the thing that makes you money. So here is the situation that I've been through. I've got an acquisition offer. It was a very generous one to, you know, to hand over the community to a giant, you know, company who is, you know, like the giant in the mineral region in the freelance and also to moderate it. So I, I was into this fork road where I had to leave the community to be idle until I come back again and serve the community, or I should, you know, like sell the community for that company, which can serve them, but I, I won't get a hand in it. So it was a really tough challenge mm -hmm. as well. So that was making money. I, I, I could have made a lot of money by saying, yes, you can have it. And the community would have like got the benefit of them serving them, but I didn't take that pass. And from what you just said, it, to me, I'm, I'm reconsidering this right now. And I feel like that this wasn't the right choice that I made. Sorry if I'm asking too many questions. Yeah, yeah. Really no, it's all right. I, I, th I think there's never a right choice, you know? Um, like Indie Hackers was, was acquired, right? Um, and I can, I, I can, you know, and me spending like two years there, I, I can definitely see the pros of it being acquired and I can definitely see the negatives, you know? So it's like, I think, you know, sometimes you just have to make the decisions and sometimes they can be financially, you know, um, beneficial. And I don't think we should necessarily feel guilty about that. And it's like, you're all, at least you're trying, right? You're trying to make the, the right decisions. So I guess it's like a way, you, know, you have to weigh up your options. It's like, will it, will it be good for me? Will, will I be able to live with this for five years? Which are probably like there's probably like tying clauses for five years or something like that. And how how good will it be for the community? And how 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 well will you be able to serve the community whilst you're in there helping out um, under their terms or or not helping out even? There's a risk that maybe you know that it all gets taken away from you. And when you when you make that decision to sell, you have to be willing to live live with that. Um, and yeah, it's tough, right? I don't know. It's tough because like, I often think about selling ministry of testing and I go through days where I'm like, ah, I just want rid of it. I just want the money. Um, <laughs> and then I have other days I say, like, no, I can't do that. I'm not going to do that. Never will I sell it. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. And, and like, I haven't sold it. So like, even though I don't run it, I'm, I'm still stuck with it. And in, in a sense, I, in the sense that I'm still responsible um, as a business owner to f for many things, um, and that's that's not necessarily easy. But you know, it's a choice that I make, and um, you know, I guess like I try not to think about it as much these days. But um, I I honestly think that if if you just like try to make the best choices that you can in life, you know, just accept it and and move on. And, and get to the next stage that you need to get to.
Thank you, thank you, Rosie. That it's a real roller coaster of feelings. Uh, I can totally feel that. So thank you, Anthony. Thank you, Rosie. That was really helpful. And I'll leave space for other, you know, community members to ask. Thank you. Thank you, Ali. So Corey in the chat has a question. He says, "There's so many things you can be doing with a community um, at any given time: events, meetups, podcasts. Uh, how do you know how much is too much and where to put your focus?" Uh, good question. Um, how much is too much? Um, I think, generally speaking, running communities is, is a lot of work. Um, I think it's easy to fall into the trap of like doing more and more and thinking, oh, it's just a podcast, it'll be easy. Well, it's just an article a week, it'll be easy. And then before you know it, it's like it's all added up. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. A lot of it depends depends on your community. I like to focus in on how to, how, how can you give value to people and like what are people like actually asking help for? Um, and I know that's like really kind of vague, um, but I think I think that's the only way. It's just like thinking, like really paying attention to what your 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 community are talking about. And then trying to find solutions within your reach to to serve to serve that, um, and I don't think it's necessarily doing more and more content. And I think like these days that you know, like I touched on before, often it's 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 about other things. So like um, I can see, for example, in pro professional communities now, is that like maybe more and more people don't want content; they just want opportunities. So you might want opportunities to either collaborate with people or get new jobs or like move you know maybe maybe if it's a professional community they've come to your community because they want to get their first job and like change careers all of those kind of things it's like everyone has these needs that they're they're crying out for um and if you if you run a community you have access to not necessarily a lot of resources but a lot of people and a lot of connections and like trying to figure out ways that you can help each other out or tap into into new things as well i think um i think every community should always be looking to innovate and move forward and, and move with it with the world especially in the covid world um so yeah it's a bit of a i don't know if that actually actually helps but yeah communities get easily overwhelming <laughs> yeah do what's best for your community and maybe there's no way around just trying to do it all. <laughs> even, you know, even I would say like product ideas, like there's, there's no reason why you can't launch products okay. within communities as well. But, you know, so it, it depends, right? Sorry. <laughs> just when I'm getting a video, my mom called me. I'm <laughs> odds right so nice to meet you Rosie I love everything you do community Anthony thank you for um, I think my question is a little bit along the line of what Ali asked but I guess our you know our challenge is that we have a, a two-sided business where it's b2b and we also have a community and I find it difficult sometimes to because the B2B is what generates revenue, but I want to make sure that our community feels supported and feels valued. 
So I'm trying to someone yesterday, they were like, you have to choose which of them are you going to attention to and, and really, um, so it's kind of stuck because I'm, I'm, I'm stuck because I feel like, again, I don't charge our community for anything because they come to us for resources. But at the same time, if I'm not nurturing the, 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 the businesses that help pay our bills and, and generate revenue, it, yeah. So do you have any advice on if you're working on folks, like if you have sponsors or anything like that, how do you make sure you're still um, building your community and keeping it, um, keeping the intention the, and keeping it authentic that as how you built it without yeah. putting it into so so you do events right and then you have what's the b2b aspect of it um so the the companies will either pay for sponsorship for the the events or for recruiting for for yeah. that so that's yeah. the one side that i do but we're also thank you anthony we're also like we have a, a good community and um I want to make sure that I'm giving equal time to both. Yeah. I mean, to me, it kind of feels like it's still one and the same. It's like you're still just trying to serve this community, but the business, you're trying to find ways for businesses to support you, right? Um, and I guess like with things like hackathons and things like that, they're you know pretty difficult to get off the ground and... Um, it's like, I guess, like, you know, I don't know, you know, Alpha, right? So Alpha, like, have this, like, pretty big community. And um, I was curious to see how they, they run their things. And they they make money through recruitment. through uh, And they, they charge they charge companies, like, an annual membership fee or something, and, and they will help them recruit people. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. It's 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 a tough one. Um, I'm trying to think like like Ministry of Testing, like we did events and like we charge for events and we would get sponsors on board. And for me, it's just like that's the it's part of the whole ecosystem of the community. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I guess like because you know, I know I need to get back to you on a DM. Actually, I just remember remembered, but. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of like what would trigger companies to support you easily without like selling out. I mean, is it the selling out aspect that worries you, like having to, like you know, make your your events feel too salesy or sponsored, sponsory? If that even makes sense. Yeah, I think what I want to do is make sure that whoever sponsors really does care about the community. I, I impact than sales right and and even though I know but I'm all about if if we're not bringing if we're not standing we're kind of letting down our community so I I'm trying to do the best to bring in the right companies without like you said selling out but it's hard because it's always the ones that have the money that and are willing to do this stuff but aren't don't have the integrity 
that yeah. work with you. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, right? I, and and like if you do get the support from bigger companies, often it's not sustainable. So they might support you for one event or one year, but then after that, they're, they're quite quite easily just drop drop spending money with you. So you know, I, I definitely like get that aspect of it. Um, you know. I don't, I don't have good answers for you. I, it's, it's, it's a model that I've, I've thought about a lot over the years. Is that how can you fix that? You know, so I've got like Indie Woman, for example. And, and sometimes I think, like, I, I just do that for free. We don't do like events. I mean, we do like online meetup, accountability meetups, but not like, prop, not like, you know, hackathons or conferences. Um, so I keep it quite low key. But often I think about, well, if I was to try to make money from Indie Hacker, from Indie Woman, which maybe one day I will, how would I go about that? And I have no clue, I have no clue. Um, but I guess like what, one, of the, one of the ideas that I think might work is to approach lots of small companies and get like lots of small subscriptions on an annual basis to, to make it like more sustainable. So getting a, a, a company to support you for $100, $200 a year um, for, perhaps not a lot of commitment in return, but maybe like a directory listing or something that to show that they're committed. Um, and that small commitment means that they can be committed to you and support you, but it also means that they can commit themselves to other good causes. Um, you know, they can spread their budget, so to speak. And like when, when I think of um, like Orbit and like um, as, the, you know, the, a growing starter and like budgets that I have available to sponsor that I can definitely like sponsor things smaller scale without um, any kind of you know I can just go ahead and do it and I, I sponsored like indie worldwide and I you know I just go ahead and do it and put it on my card uh, my company card but if it gets into the high amounts it becomes more of a, a you know hassle um, and, and and it becomes something that we would consider every time that we have to do it so, you know, perhaps like thinking of like people who work at companies that, that have budgets, like smaller budgets, but who, you know, who, who don't think about, you know, who, where that smaller budget wouldn't make much of a difference. And they could just keep repay, repaying that, that, that amount every month or every year or something. Yeah, I haven't think about that because you're always, you know, thinking about the ones with the large budget, but that makes sense because, um, they're able to, you know, do some contribute without having to break the bank or, or over budget. So that's a good idea. Thank you. I didn't think about that. Yeah. And companies say they don't always have the time to contribute, right? So it's like sometimes I think like events offer too much. You say they can, you can do this and you can do that and you can have have this this stand and have free tickets and but the reality is like quite often people don't have the time for all of that to, to attend to it. So it almost becomes overwhelming on, on their side to, to have to deal with that and manage that and think about all the other events that they might want to support as well. Thank you, Anthony. Okay. No Thank you, Marie. All right, final question for us from the chat is coming from Simon Daly. He started a community about five weeks ago and he's already starting to feel all the pressure of trying to keep adding value to the community. So his question is, what are some early indicators that you're on the right path 
and what might be some indicators that maybe it's not working out and you should find something else. I, I would ask, let's say, when you say you started a community, did you do anything before you started the community, before you decided to start the community? So I would question that. Um, um, a lot from, from the angle of, uh, I believe that before you start a community, you should make sure you, like, you do the research and you understand the people that you're serving and you know the kind of things that they might like to see happen. And um, yeah, I mean, I guess like, it's, it's, it's hard to answer if I don't really know what the community is about. Um, but I, I've definitely seen like a lot of people like they jump in and they start a community and then they don't know what to do next. And like the reason that I recommend people like take things slowly and, and do research is because from from any conversations that they end up having with people, um, the conversations that, that they have, will tend to lead to what they need to do next. Um, and maybe that doesn't, that doesn't um, help right now. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I guess on top of that, I would say, you know, is like pace yourself and um, also like consider like what, what you might think is valuable to people might not be what is valuable to, to the community. So you might think like having a really active uh, forum is is valuable it's a lot a lot of engagement but maybe people don't want that um, and I think it's just important to, to think about that before giving yourself a hard time and I think as community builders it's it's really easy to give ourselves hard time about things but stick with it because all no community is built in five weeks you know every every successful community you see now it's taken a long time to build and I know Indie Worldwide has been around for a couple of years now. Um, I think that's you know a good good example that this has you know been consistent and he's you know Anthony has been grown on it you know month after month uh, very consistently. Yeah, I can't really get around talking to you to your users, whether it's a community or a SaaS startup or anything else. Um, Rosie, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, really appreciate your time here, especially during launch day uh, of all days. So don't forget to go yeah. over on Product Hunt, show, show some love, um, and I hope we get you back soon. Thank you very much. And for anyone who is doing community, just like stick with it for the long term. It's a long game.